Hello there. You're listening to Sasitup podcast by Sashwath and Oscar where we speak with startup founders, venture capitalists and some of the leading talents in the world. We listen to their personal journeys and share their stories that shape their world view. Hello everyone. We have Justin Mitchell from yak.com. He's the CEO of Yak. Yak is an audio-first messaging platform that helps you talk faster and build stronger relationships with your remote team. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. We'd love to know a little bit about your thoughts on the remote work and the future of remote work, which is definitely seems like audio because you are in this particular space. So, how did you come up with this idea to build Yak, and why were you so convinced that this is the future of work as well? Yeah, you know, I may live in the world of the valley, but I'm actually from Florida. And so I've been working remote my whole life. I got my first job when I was 16 and I was still in high school for a local startup. I knew nothing about startups. I don't know how, but I became their lead UI designer. I'm not quite sure why they let me do that, but they did. And I was in high school, so that meant I had to work remote, right? Like I can't go into an office every day. I have to show up for school every day. So you get used to a certain way of working and you tweak your communication styles around that way of working. And there's different types of expectations around like speed to answer and turning in work and what that looks like. And so I've just been doing it for so long. And, you know, as we were building up our own companies and I had my agency, like you mentioned, so friendly, we found that way of working again. And I was like, you know what, let's continue to not have an office and let's just hire people from wherever. And while we were doing that, we noticed that there was a lot of other companies, especially the clients that we were working with, that their fear of lack of communication drove them to just do endless, endless, endless meetings. There's so many meetings all the time. And, you know, it made me think like, wow, we've kind of cracked the code on like how to communicate without meetings. And it seems like nobody else understands that there's a way to communicate that doesn't involve meetings. And so Yak was sort of this internal tool that we built sort of for our own needs just to say like, there's a better way to talk to your team that it doesn't involve hour-long meetings stacked eight hours a day. You could just communicate better throughout the day. So the idea behind Yak is really this concept of like this rich emotion and tone, you know, rich communication method that's voice driven because voice is higher bandwidth. It's got relationship building aspects to it. You can tell if someone's tired, if they're happy, if they're angry, these are things you just can't tell in text or an email. And, you know, the goal of that is use these kind of like big one-off yak messages, these voice messages to do this high bandwidth communication throughout the day. And then you don't need to hop on calls anymore because you're just better connected, right? You're, you have these better communication methods throughout the day. So now you don't need to do phone calls. You don't need to do Zoom calls. And, you know, we built it just to kind of scratch our own itch of like hating meetings on our own. And then people started using it and started digging it. And that's how we turned it into a startup. Awesome. I think you said Yak definitely started out of a problem you had in your own business itself. So when was this tipping point where you really saw the first traction and thought, okay, we are onto something here? I mean, when was this tipping point really manifest itself? The biggest thing that happened for us was teams that we were not considering to be like remote teams were using it. And you know, at this time, what is this like 2018 is when we originally built it. It was just this super bad MVP hackathon project, barely worked, but it was cool and innovative at the time. And we launched it. We had a couple startup type clients using it. 
And we were using it internally for our own agency with all of our clients. And then we started to see like huge corporations using it, like CVS Pharmacy and Roche Healthcare and like bigger companies, ABC Television that were all of a sudden downloading the app. And we, we talked to a lot of these companies and we're asking them like, okay, Roche Healthcare, like I don't think of you as like a remote startup, but, you know, you're not Basecamp. Why are you using this remote tool? Oh, well, we're, you know, insurance adjusters and we sit at home all day long. And we're disconnected from the main team at the office and we need a way to communicate with each other. And it was like, oh, well, interesting. So there's, there's more to kind of like this remote world. I think, you know, the, the pandemic obviously changed a lot, but we saw all these companies, you know, have to pivot, but it really turns out that there was a good amount of like work from home folks already. There was people in the industry that are already forced to work from a, a home office or even like a remote office, right? Like a different physical building than somebody else. And they needed to communicate with somebody back, you know, at home base. And so we started to realize like, okay, there's, there's some promise here, like outside of the like four to five person scrappy startup. There's a bigger vision here that's possible. That's where we started to actually put a little bit more stock into it and, you know, fix some bugs, add some features. So Justin, you've been working at Yak for more than two years now, and you've been working as a designer as well. I'm a designer myself. So I think the philosophy as a designer is you live and you learn, right? You make mistakes, you learn on the way, on the fly. So what I would like to know, what were some of the key learnings or experiences you had on building Yak? What would you do differently now when you look back at your time? Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys, it's like, I'd never do anything different. Because as you said, it's like, you learn these things through failing, right? You know, a couple of things that I think that stood out is one is Yak is super weird. It's a weird way of working. People are not used to working in a non-instant gratification way. They're not used to working in a calm work environment that's not like always high stress and hectic. They're used to like, we got to get on a call now. I need to get this information from you today. Like, when are you available? I'm going to grab time in your calendar. This very like high intensity situation. And, you know, at Yak, we're building this style of communication where we're saying like, send your message off. And then just like go back to what you were working on. And people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you mean I'm supposed to tell somebody something and then just like not get an answer immediately? And yes, I know it's strange. And so there's a lot of like education that we've learned along the way that people are not used to this way of working. They're definitely not used to voice messages as an interface, especially in the US. Like India is actually pretty big on voice messages through like WhatsApp. China's super big on WeChat. Latin America, really big on WhatsApp. Even a lot of the UK, you know, does a lot of voice messaging. US, no, just not a thing here in the US. And so we've had to kind of like teach people like the benefits of voice messaging and the benefits of async and the benefits of a calm work environment where you may not get an answer right away, but that's fine. You can go back and just like focus on what you're working on. And because I think corporate America or even startups in general kind of like ruined that sense of like, hey, I'm going to leave you alone for four hours and you're just going to be able to crank out work and actually get stuff done. Like nobody's used to that. And so they're used to just being constantly interrupted. And you know, I worked at, we had a, a huge agency that was one of our clients for my own agency. And a lot of the guys that were there, they'd be like, oh, well, I don't start work until like 8 p.m. at night. I'm like, well, you're, you're on all day. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I don't do actual work until 8 p.m. because that's when everyone's done with meetings. And so I work from, you know, nine to five, and then from like 
eight on, I'm able to actually focus because no one's bothering me with meetings. I'm like, oh my God, that's a terrible life. Like, I feel sorry for you. Like, you should be able to work from nine to five and then stop work and then go enjoy your life. And, you know, we, we've noticed that as we've pushed this agenda, if it may be, the people are just not used to it. It's really weird to them. And then on top of that, you'll appreciate this as a designer is I built kind of a weird UI. It's like a blend of like messaging and email and voice. And it's very different. You log in and you see text everywhere. And you're like, why am I seeing text everywhere? This is a voice messenger. It's like, okay, well, we transcribe it and you can search it and you can tag things. And there's topics and hashtags like, like a messenger, right? But it's all voice driven. So why is there text everywhere? So it's like this like very strange user experience that a lot of people aren't used to. And once you get into the flow, like it's this unstoppable force of like, we had a, a user tell us the other day that they're saving, I think it was like 22 hours a week by using Yak just on saved meetings. And we did like a bunch of math and it ends up that like 58% of her salary is now saved on meetings because she doesn't have to do meetings anymore. And she's just using Yak now. And that's a ridiculous number. Like 58% of your salary is being spent just sitting in meetings. And now that's being used to do productive work. So yeah, I mean, the biggest stuff that we learned is just like, you can't just throw some very new way of working at people and expect them to just adopt it immediately. They need like a lot of handholding, a lot of like training and I guess nudges in the right direction to like learn how to speak to yourself, right? Yak is like recording alone by yourself, not to somebody. And that's uncomfortable for some people. Once you get used to it, now it's kind of this like magical unlock. I think just as you said, when you're building something new, it's oftentimes about user education, right? Do you feel like it's more difficult for you to get like in big corporations and big organizations because they want to stick to the traditional way of communicating like via text messaging? Oh, sure. You know, that's it's not a huge target for us right now to get into the big companies. You know, we've been fortunate to have some bigger companies using us. But even inside of that, it's like, the engineering team or like even like a skunk works team on the engineering team you know it's not all of a gigantic corporation and that's just for what you said like it's hard to break old habits it's hard to permeate through like it you know hey we got to approve this app but it's been cool to see people start to change those habits and then we love hearing those stories of people coming back to us and saying yo i'm saving 22 hours of meetings a week and we're like that's amazing sad that you had that many meetings before, but amazing to hear that statistic. So that's like our gateway, right? That's how we get into those bigger companies and say, how many hours do you think you're spending on meetings right now? Oh, I'd say it's, you know, 30 hours a week. All right. What if we cut that in half? What if we cut that by 75%? Oh, okay. I'm interested. You know, what can you guys do for me? That's how we get in now. Yeah. What I really like about Yak and Sashwood and I are users as well. It's a very personal way of communicating, right? When you use Slack, for example, or Microsoft Teams or HipChat or any other competitor in the remote space, it's very impersonal. You write a text message, you get something back, but all this emotion stuff get lost. What I would like to know, you implemented Yak in your business. How did this affect the relationships in your business, the team relationships in your business itself? Well, I mean, it's a huge part of Yak in general, because as a team, we've always been remote. We all generally live around an hour away from each other here in Florida. And then we have like team members in India, team members in Ukraine, team members in New York and Mississippi, like we're all over the place. So we still have like remote team members, but even our core team here in Orlando, like we barely see each other because we just don't drive to see each other very often. And then there was a pandemic on top of that. Right. So, you know, that is a huge part of just like 
relationship building, hearing someone's voice. And then on top of that, you have those nuances. Like I was, you know, driving in the car with my wife and my designer, Raina, sent me her stand up for the morning. And it's like, <sighs> this morning I'm going to work on the website. And my wife's like, oh my God, like, why would you send that as your stand up? That's so unprofessional. And I was like, no, I love it. Because I was able to respond back and be like, Raina, it sounds like you're pretty tired today. Like, take it easy. There's not a lot of pressure today. You know, if you need to take a half day, go ahead and take it. And that's something that like you could see in the office, right? If we were in an office environment, you would notice that someone is tired and they're a little bit slower than usual and they're yawning a lot. But you can't see that necessarily in a remote team unless someone explicitly says, hey, I'm really tired. Even over something like Zoom, you may not notice that because it's like a work meeting environment and they're not yawning and tired or falling asleep. But when it's voice, you can like just hear those like little nuances. And now I know Raina's tired today. She should take a half day. And those little things not only help me understand her and build a relationship with her, because now I'm asking, hey, why are you so tired? Like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Like I can get closer with her. But she also knows, hey, my boss cares about me. Like he's letting me take a half day because he just noticed that I was yawning. So voice, it permeates not only through this, like, how do I know what a person sounds like and have them as a friend, but it also, you know, begins to add on those extra little things about, you know, how do they sound today? Are they happy? Are they sad? You know, are they tired? And you only get that through voice. That's really like the powerful side of voice. And we love that feature because we're all separated and we've had teammates all over the globe for as long as I've been, you know, working in startups. And it's tough to like, build those relationships and have those uh, kind of nuanced conversations when you don't see each other in an office every day. And I think there's a lot of people building towards that goal of like, let's reinvent the water cooler. And what's interesting about that is a lot of times those water cooler discussions, they end up being just as planned as like a Zoom call. It's like, hey, everyone, let's jump and in, jump into the water cooler. And it's just the same thing as jumping into a Zoom call. And so again, you're kind of like prepared for the water cooler. But when you just say, hey, every morning at 9 a.m., you need to send an audio stand up and you just catch that person with wherever they're at, however they're feeling in that moment, it does actually have a little bit more spontaneity or serendipity to it. Whatever's going on in the morning, that's how they sound. And because it's async, they don't feel like they necessarily have to like perform for anyone at the time. So you kind of get this like raw version of them. It's kind of magical. I love that spirit. When we talk about the success you are having, there will be a lot of competitors, right? I assume those competitors are tracking you very well and they look very closely what you are doing. And when they look at the success you are having, I assume that it will not take very long till they will implement some of the features you are providing. What is your strategy of keeping your moat? How can you improve or build your moat around your product? Fortunately for us, Slack is kind of swimming in the moat with us. They're an investor in us. So there's great opportunities there as we're very you know, tightly knit with the Slack team and, and speaking with them every day. The thing that I've always kind of harped on is voice and audio in general needs its own interface. It needs a unique recording experience, playback experience, search experience. There's just things that are unique to how audio works. And you can't just slap the feature into a text-based communication tool and it'd be successful. And what's funny is like Microsoft Teamac actually has voice messaging in Teams. It's really bad. Like it's not great. So transcript, it's very hard to like 
find one after you've sent it. What ends up happening is you send one and then somebody just gets lazy and they type back. And so there's no back and forth. And there's like reasons why those experiences aren't great. So we're really just kind of long on the game of like, this is an audio first experience and always will be. And it is an audio centric UX and an audio centric front end, right? Like if you slap that into another front end, all of a sudden it's like this kind of minor feature and not you know, the central feature. So, you know, it's been something that we've talked about is like everything goes through the lens of like audio, voice, you know, what are we building that's through that lens? And any of these competitors decided to add this feature in, you know, it simply comes down to like, okay, we've got this lens of like text-based communication and we're going to shove audio into it instead of build around it. Now, you know, counter to that, there's definitely going to be a lot of startups that are building audio first experiences, other people coming up that are new, uh, you know, our corner that we've kind of like carved out is definitely the async side. There's a lot of people doing like real time voice and video, lots of zoom competitors, lots of co-working presence based communication tools. In fact, there was a, a tool that just launched on product Hunt the other day, and they even said in their description, this is like if tandem and yak were combined and when they're talking about the act side of things, they basically said, well, if you you know can't get a hold of that person immediately, like they're not available, they're not sitting in the room, the live chat or whatever, you can leave them an async message. And that's what makes ours, you know, the best of both worlds. And we actually had that. That was the very first version of Yak. It worked very similar to that. And what we found was that when there's no purposeful understanding of like this is an async message, typically your message is something like, Oscar, are you there? Hello, are you there? Okay, I guess you're not there. So just you know, hit me back when you get back to your desk, right? And there's no like purpose to it because you were expecting it to be real time. Like think of any time you've ever picked up the phone. You don't just immediately start talking about the subject at hand. Like you say, hi, hey, how are you? Cool, okay, let's get into it, right? Like there's all that like wasted chunk at the beginning. With async, you just immediately start talking about whatever the subject matter is because they're just going to listen to it later. There's no need for small talk. That's kind of the nature of async. And so what we found is like this kind of, you know, after using it for many years, you know, like we've nailed this experience of what async communication should look and feel like. And a lot of the other people that are coming in are they have these ideas of what voice communication should look like. They're building them. And then we're going, yeah, we already know that doesn't work. Like we tried that it failed and here's why. And so, you know, to the competitors, that's what I usually say is like, We've been doing this for a while. We understand how audio and voice works. We know what async communication is. And we're building, admittedly, probably a weird, crazy, different experience around it. But that's because we know what works and what doesn't work. I love those you know, lines, uh, Justin. You said you exactly know how the audio works. So while you are building this particular audio first team collaboration tool, what are some of the deep insights that you have learned over the last few years? And what are your predictions for the future of audio in the coming years as well? One thing that we, I guess, not that we didn't expect it, but it caught us off guard a little bit was that mobile was crazy popular. From the guys in the trenches, the designers, the developers, they're all using the desktop app. Some of my teammates don't even have the mobile app installed, but like all these founders, freelancers, agency types, coaches, mentors, they all are using mobile. And mobile was always meant as like a companion to the desktop app. And we really swapped that around. Like now mobile is free and you have to pay to use the desktop app because it's kind of like I don't know, the pro version with screen sharing and all of that stuff. And you know that surprised us. And what that meant is 
some of our features, you know, shifted that way. Like one of them is AI noise removal. So now we automatically remove any background noise from, you know, your environment around you. And, you know, that's not that important in a desktop environment because you're probably sitting at home and it's relatively quiet. You know, I'm recording right now and like, there's not a lot of noise in the background, but if I'm on the go or I'm in the car, you hear AC noise, you hear cafe talking and chatter, you know, we have to remove all that now. So a lot of our features have started to like move towards this like mobile version of, you know, audio, like what happens when, you know, you're on a lower bandwidth network, what happens when you're out and about and there's noise around you, we have to build around those feature sets. As far as kind of future of audio in general, you know, we talk about this a lot. One of the things that we've always said is like, when we start minimizing hardware and it maybe starts to get strapped to your face, you know, what do interfaces look like? You don't have a mouse and a keyboard anymore. You might not even have a touch screen. It's probably going to be a bunch of swipey things on the side of some glasses and maybe some voice commands. And then the question becomes, how do you input and output? Well, it's going to be audio, right? Like you don't have a keyboard. How are you going to type? You're not going to yell letters, you know, one at a time. There might be some, you know, speech to text that goes on. But when you communicate your team, it'll probably be over voice. And so we're thinking, you know, long term, you know, you start to get these kind of augmented reality, you know, experiences going, what's that going to look like for communication? And we're glad that we're, you know, on the forefront of, well, you're going to be speaking back and forth and listening to people. And what's that experience going to look like in a workplace environment? So we're building definitely towards this future of, yeah, no mouse, no keyboard, no more typing, you're going to be speaking, what's that going to look like? What's that going to feel like? And we're glad to have, you know, got a jumpstart on it. Excellent. So I think in December, Bechamel Venture Partners, one of your investors, had covered a post like the state of sound in 2020 and beyond. It says that the renaissance period of audio is just getting started, just like internet, mobile, as well as cloud gave rise to new innovation across consumer and enterprise technology. They believe that audio will fundamentally change how people would connect and businesses will operate. Currently in 2021, people have a bunch of medium-term predictions with a bunch of social audio apps available, whether it is Clubhouse, a bunch of other competitors as well. But let's say in 2023, right, just one one or two years after this particular phase. Oh my gosh, that's only in one or two years. <laughs> so what are your hunch in a typical remote workplace or whether that might have a distributed workforce as well? They might have a HQ or not as well. What are your strong predictions that in 2023, how things would be operating in different parts of the world? Yeah, I mean, the big one is the global workforce, right? We hit the wall, right? Like we hit the precipice. There's no turning back now. People will be hiring globally. And what that means is whether or not you have an HQ or not, like you will have team members in different time zones and you will have to manage that. So like the one thing that I think we bet on pretty early and I think will be our biggest payoff is the async nature of the app, not the audio nature of the app. I think I got very lucky that I just wanted voice and then Clubhouse comes out like a year later and everyone's like, oh, audio voice, that's so fun. I'm over here going, yeah, that's how I've been communicating with my team for years. Like this is nothing (laughs) new, but fine. Uh, The async thing is the different thing. And the reason why I think that's so important is as soon as you start hiring globally, if you have a bunch of sync processes, if you're used to hopping on a call at 9 a.m. for your standups every day, like all of a sudden that just starts to fall apart. As soon as you hire just one person in a different time zone, there's one of two things happens. Either you're pulling that person out of bed at midnight and they're pissed because they're being pulled out of bed at midnight to do that call, or you're not pulling them out of bed at midnight and they're missing the call and now they're not engaged and they're not on the call and they're still pissed that they're being left out. Either way, they're upset, right? And so 
you know, as soon as you start to hire somebody that falls outside of that kind of like standard system that you've put in place, those processes just start to crumble. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, like how do we include this person in calls without being rude to their lifestyle? Do we not include them? Do we, oh, it looks like we have to change how calls are done, right? All of a sudden you have to change how communication is managed at the company. And that only takes one person. Now imagine you've hired 16, 15, 500 people all spread across multiple time zones. You just can't ask all those people to just stop what they're doing, disrupt their entire lifestyle and all work on Pacific time zone. It's just not going to work. And so, you know, we're really thinking like a year, two years down the line, there's going to be a lot of companies that all of a sudden go, oh my God, like all of our systems stopped working. Like we can't do stand-up calls the same way. We can't do check-in calls the same way. We can't even do day-to-day communication because they're not on Slack right now. Like they're not available. We need to change the way we communicate. And you're going to see them start to shift more into that async behavior. And then of course, when you start to shift into async, nobody wants to sit there typing paragraphs and paragraphs of text either to update somebody for their day. Oh, well, there's voice just to make that even a better relationship building, better bandwidth, higher resolution communication. So we're definitely looking at like down the line, what does a company look like? Well, they look like someone hiring everywhere because then they can get better talent, cheaper rates, and anybody can live from wherever they want to live, right? You don't have to all live in downtown San Fran. You can live literally anywhere and you can work for whatever company. And that future, it changes how a company operates. So that's like, I think the biggest one is the async side of things. And then if you start to, you know, you're talking about kind of the social audio aspect. I think the biggest thing that you're going to find there is that people just get tired and async is going to be the thing that makes it comfortable for them. You know, one of my favorite companies that's, you know, building right now is Racket. They're probably a little bit of a competitor to Yak in a way, but I love what Austin's doing with the company. And it's sort of like Async Clubhouse. You record a nine minute audio message. You can post that out. People can reply to them. You know, it's all kinds of topics that people are talking about. And I love that because I have a life and I don't want to sit on a clubhouse at 10 PM at night for an hour and talk. I would rather just like record something whenever I'm available and free and then leave and go play video games or spend time with my wife or whatever it might be. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing is there was a bunch of boredom and downtime during quarantine and these like synchronous real-time products all took off and everyone's so happy to have something to do and someone to engage with. And then as soon as we get back to real life, they're going to be like, bro, I don't have time to <laughs> just sit on a clubhouse right now. Like I'm busy. I have things to do. Do you, you want to like get me involved? Like I'll send you a recording and then I'm going to peace out and have dinner with my family. The other day I was sitting in a car in a parking lot while my two employees and my wife had dinner in a Thai restaurant while I just like was on a clubhouse in a parking lot because I had promised to do this clubhouse and it happened to coincide with dinner on my end because we're in the East Coast. And all I could think was like, I cannot wait for this fad to, to phase out. I'm so tired of hopping on calls late at night. And I think, again, that's where async starts to win again, is you're going to see people that are like, yeah, this is why I liked binge watching Netflix whenever, however long, whenever I wanted to, wherever I was. Like who watches live television? Like maybe once a year we watch the Super Bowl live, right? Like other than that, like nobody watches Netflix live. Even Game of Thrones wasn't really watched live. You just like wait for it to hit your HBO app and, you know, you'd watch it whenever it's convenient to you. The same thing's gonna be said of of social audio. People are not gonna wanna wait around and stare at a screen at a very specific time just to hop on and listen to Elon Musk talk. 
They will just wait for it to be recorded and they will listen to it later. So to that, a last question from our end, Justin, would be, you know, what are some of the novels or uh, books that have inspired you or anything that you would like to advise to our listeners by any chance? I always give a little weird off the cuff answer here. So first off, I do love the Basecamp guys books. I know they're in hot water right now, but I still can't recommend uh you know, rework and it doesn't have to be crazy at work enough. Like I, I just think they give the vibe of uh, a calm workplace, which is what I'm shooting for with my, with my platform. But my favorite book and the one I always recommend people read is actually Ready Player One. Fiction. I don't read a lot of nonfiction, to be honest. I love books, but I read a lot of fiction. That book, it just sparked a creativity in me to build a better future using technology better than any book I've ever read. If you haven't read it, there's obviously a movie now. The book starts out with this kid going to school. He lives in this terrible trailer park, poor poverty, right? He puts on this headset and he just pops into a virtual school where he can be whoever he wants and look however he wants and go out on missions with his friends that he's never met in real life. And, you know, that's a fun social Oculus-y type of world that it's talking about. But there's so much deeper meaning to me. I look at that and I go... We could live in a world where technology enables you to work from anywhere, learn from anywhere, talk to anyone anywhere, be friends with anybody that isn't remotely in your 30-mile radius, work with anyone that's not in your 30-mile radius, right? I look at that book and I just go, man, I want to build that future of just like a connected human race that can just you know, be together however they want to be together. So yeah, I always recommend reading Ready Player One. It's a lot of fun geeky novel, but, you know, it represents sort of like what I'm building towards. Wow, Justin, that is philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from a nerdy video game book. <laughs> yeah, so I was expecting maybe you'll tell me some audiobook because you are a big fan of audio tech as well. Well, I did listen to the audiobook version of that, which is recorded by Will Wheaton. Ah, so. nice, nice. So we'll uh, recommend our listeners to go for that as well. And thank you so much for your time. Really, I love to hear your insights and the future of audio as well. For our listeners, if you'd like to contact us, then give your sound bites on yak.com slash sass. Thank you, Justin.